Well, folks, we're on our way back from Iceland right now, so let's check in with the flight crew and see... Oh, what's that? I'm, I'm hearing... Oh, it's just Chinese domination utterly all the time. <laughs> that's all we can expect. Uh, that's the breaking news. Royal Never Give Up are your mid-season Invitational 2021 champions with a 3-2 victory over Damwon Kia. Certified banger of a series. I thought it was a great one. I have to be honest. I had to catch up on a few VODs because uh, I had to get called into work last night kind of late so i was up until about 4 30 a.m and i was sitting there uh, at my work computer looking at it like i need to be awake in about four hours if i'm gonna catch this uh final series and then i proceeded <laughs> to sleep until about 11 o'clock my time and miss the first half of the series but i've caught up i watched the vods when i could and uh fortunately for all of us knox war and curly were actually awake uh, for the entire series. So, guys, oh, yeah. uh, we'll go over the entire finals weekend, semis and finals, but just give me your first reaction to uh, the final series between Dom Juan and RNG. Curly, like, what was this watching series that, what was watching the series like for you? I mean, number one, it, it was a very mixed bag for me because there were some moments where I was like, yeah, RNG's got this. I'm going to be the only one right on the podcast. <laughs> and then there were like those couple of games where um, Damwon was like, no, this is why we won um, Worlds last year. And I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I'm going to get so flamed for this. Not only do I <laughs> like, was I wrong about Mad, but I'd be wrong about RNG. But So it was very... <clears throat> It was very jarring for me, but when um, when RNG was performing well, I was very like reinforcing my belief that their competitiveness in their region really contributed to their ability to perform against the uh, reigning world champions. Yeah. Uh, I for me personally, I honestly like you, you and I, Sandy, were kind of talking about it last week on the previous show and. We were kind of like, oh, man, like, we know we predicted Damwon to win this whole thing, like, way back when the tournament was first starting. But, like, watching these games and the fact that Damwon got 2-0'd by RNG in the Rumble stage, it was just like, oh, I think we got to change your prediction here, you know? Feels bad, but if we want to be right, this is what we got to do. So, honestly, watching the series today for me, it was kind of like, oh, okay, Damwon's still putting up a fight, even though they got 2-0'd earlier on in the Rumble stage, so... For what was like, I was I woke up this morning. I was like, all right, here comes the three zero. RNG's got their number. They may be some decent games, but I think it's going to be a three zero at this point. And next thing I know, it was like game two, the Zerath comes out from Showmaker, and he's just sniping people left, right, and center with it. And then game four comes out, and then Ghost gets a freaking pentakill on Tristana, and you're like, oh well, okay. And then blue side difference comes in, and it's like, okay, well. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, I saw that that pentakill come in and i was like oh is this the turn is this where dom Juan just absolutely turns it on and does what they did to mad lions in the semis you know yesterday and just absolutely you know forest burn clears out the uh the rest of the series and just sends rng packing um and then turns out it was a bit more of an anticlimactic game five than i was hoping for uh feels like that was a bit of a trend um especially with the Mad Damwon series yesterday. Uh, you know, it was super hype, super hype, and then all of a sudden Damwon was like, well, I guess we're not playing around anymore. I guess we got to take this seriously. <laughs> and just absolutely locked down. <laughs> there was a moment where there was like a, a shot of Showmaker just kind of like staring into the middle distance, and everyone was like, oh, that was the moment <laughs> when Mad Lions knew that they had screwed up. <laughs> and, that, and that showmaker was about to turn it on <laughs> and uh yeah it was it was an interesting weekend to say the least uh i mean the big the big thing for me was i'm trying to go through and see if he did i think gala got kaisa all five games if I'm yes yes he did and i'm just like how why how do you, like how do you give this man a champion that he is so good on five games in a row uh you know he was the we're not sponsored by them the oppo mvp of uh 
<laughs> of the final series. Sponsor us, Oppo. And, <laughs> uh, you know, on this Kaisa, five games in a row, I was just shocked that there was no draft adaptation uh, to counter know, it. To counter it. Um, like to ban it or to get it first? Yeah, to ban it, to first pick it. Uh, you know, Dom Juan, they went for the Tristana a couple times. Obviously, Ghost did really well. That Pentakill was a thing of beauty. There's like, Pentakill was awesome. There's like moments, because I, I played Tristana, I mained her for a hot minute, and there's these moments where you see, like, all your opponents on one HP, and you're just kind of like, my mind's telling me no. <laughs> and then you just, <laughs> you just jump in, and if it works, it works. And in this case, <laughs> for Ghost, it did, and it was great. Um, but I was really surprised to not see Damwon prioritize that Kaisa. Nox, I mean, how are you feeling about just giving Gala the Kaisa over and over and over? So my, my thought process on it was basically, like, game two showed, hey, the Kaisa can be beaten, right? It's not unstoppable. Like, you can beat it. Um, and then same thing for game four, right? Like, the entire time, it's just like, okay, well, we beat it game two, beat it game four. It's like, well, we can just let it go one more time, basically. In which case, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, you had that crazy, stupid play by Gala where he dived the back line and killed Ghost with it in, I think, what, game three, right? That or yeah. game one. And so, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's scary, but at the same time, I mean, he outside of that one play, like, he was playing well on it, but he wasn't, like, flashy or anything. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really seeing anything overly, overly impressive. He was just solid, which, granted, don't get me wrong, is still grounds for possibly banning it from him. Mm -hmm. But my what I really wanted to shift the attention to was the fact that Wei got ootier five games in a row. Oh, okay. Do you think that tips so, like, more than the Kaisa? Uh, I definitely think it was more in ways a uh, powerhouse, and it definitely had a bigger influence on the games than, uh, sorry, Gala's Kaisa. So mm -hmm. I would actually say, yeah, I think the Uder had a bigger effect than the Kaisa did, as good as that Kaisa was. I think, uh, unfortunately, what it is is that Wei just has more map control with the Uder on, and basically, I don't know, I feel like Damwon needed to do something to force him off of the pick. Mm -hmm. I mean, personally, I don't actually agree with you there. Um, because I saw, I just saw a lot more from the Kaisa. I don't think it was necessarily Udir as much as Wei just being better than Canyon. Um, overall, like Udir into Morgana happened most of the series, and it was only switched up in the last game where they picked Rumble, if I remember correctly. Uh, Nidalee was also game four. Nidalee was also picked, and Nidalee, so yeah, so against Morgana, I felt like it was pretty balanced because with Gia, Udyr could power clear, but Morgana provided so much in terms of team fighting with being able to literally just lock down teams. Um, and then Nidalee was a good pull, but like in um, in the games where you saw Udyr losing, he just kind of felt not as useful. Whereas even in the losing matchups, Kaisa could still have like one good play here or there, mm -hmm. you know. Huh. And of course, I'm looking at the math here, which we love statistics on this show. We do. Um, and Kaisa has a 56% win rate as opposed to Udyr's 52% win rate. Um, so. Yeah. Well, interesting series, and we can get back to it, but let's rewind a little bit. Let's go back to Friday's match first. So RNG versus Paris Saint-Germain, Talon Esports. Uh, this was a series that kind of went, I think, the way we all expected it to. Um, I don't recall off the top of my head, I should have written this down, what our score predictions were. But 3-1, for me, felt pretty much in line with what I expected. I expected PSG to put up a fight uh, to, you know, make it at least interesting. Um, but, you know, clearly RNG, the better team. Uh, and... I felt like in this series, uh, the big difference for me was, uh, like, Xiaohu looked so good in this series, in my opinion. Um, and, yeah, Nox, I mean, how did you feel about Friday's matchup? So, Friday was the... RNG-PSG. RNG-PSG. So, that was the one I was looking forward to most. And I think, honestly, that series, even though it was only 3-1... 
I, I for the record, I did predict that was going to be a three-two in favor of RNG. So I was off by a game, but yeah. uh, that that was the game I was more the series I was most excited for. Right, uh, the two games that they had in the Rumble stage were super explosive and back and forth and super contested the whole way through. And I would say again, even though it was only a four-game series, I think the all four games were super highly contested. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, for me, it was my favorite series to watch in playoffs. But I don't know. Maybe I'm a little biased on that one. Who who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Curly, uh, what were your thoughts on that series? Um, so this is one I didn't get to catch quite as much of, um, just because of what like I was busy on Life. Friday. But um, <clears throat> Life, always. Yeah. What I what I was able to see is they did put up like. Town did put up a good fight. They didn't go down like lying. They didn't just say, "All right, bye." Um, and especially the fact that they were able to get that one game off of RNG, I think, is real good for them. Um, but I think that's also a testament to what we've talked about um, in that this is just kind of similar to how I mentioned how one of the reasons RNG is so good is because they come from a more competitive region. Um, it's kind of shows here how Talon is like just the MVP squad of the PCS, and so you can send the MVP squad of it, but they're not as competitive as the LPL, so they're still going to have a harder time. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that's just kind of what kind of what showed up this weekend with RNG winning both of their rounds. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think the, the bright spot for me with PSG was, uh, ironically, a player who's not even on PSG normally. Doggo. 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 Um, you know, it makes you kind of wonder what the end result would have been if Unified had been able to attend. You know, really unfortunate that he could not. Um, I don't think it would have been too much different. Uh, ultimately, I don't think they would have beaten RNG. Um, but it was really surprising to me uh, what the bot lane synergy looked like between Doggo and Kaiwing. Mm-hmm. Like, it actually looked really good for two guys who, you know, maybe the most before this, uh, th- that they had played together was maybe matching up in solo queue or something like that. Um, you know, and yeah, pretty much. Clearly, they had uh, played against each other, so they kind of knew the <laughs> tendencies. But that doesn't really substitute, you know, when you need to go into an actual series. So it felt. So I want to give like major props to PSG for dealing with their sub situation in a really, really you know sharp and well defined way. They managed to take a you know tough situation and turn it into a semifinals appearance uh, where they took a game off of the, the winner. winner and yeah. uh, stay competitive in the other matches. So I think that's really, really good to see. Um, you know, that makes me think of a, uh, a tweet I saw after from, I don't remember what her name was, but she's, uh, she's part of the PCS broadcasting uh, team. Yep, yep. And she was like... You guys didn't see anything. You didn't. Don't take our players, please. <laughs> yeah, I saw plenty of uh, I saw plenty of tweets joking about. All right, you know, here comes the bidding war from LPL and LCS for Doggo. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I I was really you know happy to see Maple. You know, there's a guy who went to LPL for a couple years, uh, did not have as much success as some of his other. Uh, PCS counterparts like Karsa um, and some other I know there's another PCS guy Sword Art, over. Sword Art yeah obviously now on TSM um, you know so I'm, I was glad to see him get back to uh, his home region and you know really dominate and show up I felt like Maple did really well this tournament um, I just don't think it was enough and so to kind of segue us to the next series Dom Juan versus Mad I do feel like the way um, PSG played versus RNG and the way MAD played versus Dom Juan does show and kind of define uh, more, you know, cementedly for sure that EU is like the number three region, uh, you know, above, you know, PCS and NA. And obviously the NA versus PCS debate is, you know, a bit of a hot one, but I would say... The way MAD played throughout this tournament, in my mind, kind of puts Europe up there as the number three region right now. Uh, Knox, how do you feel in response to that statement? 
say pretty much everything you stated there is spot on, and I just, yeah, you, you nailed it. I don't really see a world where anyone can make an argument saying that Europe belongs in number four. Okay. Like, sorry, PCS. Uh, don't get me wrong, PSG talents were amazing and fantastic, but for the time being, like, I'm still over here honestly debating whether the PCS region should be considered number five still, or they actually have earned that number four spot. I'm personally of the opinion that as a region, they're still number five because the rest of their competition is still super weak, even though their best team is undoubtedly better than our best teams. Yeah, no, I would completely agree. I think if you did some kind of weird Rift Rivals-esque tournament between NA and the PCS, uh, NA would absolutely dominate. You know, the PCS is basically... PSG is the best team, and then there's everyone, it's, you know, a giga gap in between, <laughs> and then it's uh, everyone else. Um, so, you know, and I think we'll see that when it comes to Worlds, and I think we've seen that historically, that, like, the top LMS or PCS team does pretty decently, and then the other ones that show up, they kind of get blown out of the water. Um, mm-hmm. But moving on to Mad versus Damwon, yesterday's series... Now, this one was exciting, and, you know, I felt I felt really bad for all our uh, EU friends and EU counterparts, you know, so close, uh, yet so far at the same time, all over again. <sighs> felt like watching, uh, you know, a few other, uh, you know, European versus Korean uh, best of fives like I've seen before. Shades of Misfits versus SKT. Back in the day, anyone? Uh, that one. A little bit. A little bit. That's what I, I think was we're thinking. Fnatic versus, uh, what was it, TES last yeah, year? Top Esports. Yeah, somehow yeah. Europe versus uh, either China or Korea. They always they always get there, and then they just cannot close it out. Um, but this oh, series, uh, that one was really good. I felt like there was um, a significant bot gap, uh, in my opinion. Uh, Karzy and Kaiser looked miles better than Ghost and Barrel, and you know the whole Ghost Barrel situation is something that I think extended into today's series. Uh, but Curly, you, you are our resident LEC guy. Uh, what were your thoughts on how Mad performed versus Damwon? I think overall they performed still as expected. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> I think what like some things that might have led to the loss is just a difference in skill level between particularly um, Canyon and El Yoya and Showmaker and Humanoid. Because Arma <clears throat> is a very strong player, um, and particularly when he locked in Nar in Game 5, I thought, this is it, this is our shot, because Narma is known to be a very powerful force. <laughs> but I just realized you said Narmut. <laughs> yeah, Narmut. Yeah, it's a great one. That's but great. um, so it's really just it was very close throughout yesterday, and I think it was just a series of unfortunate events in the last game that led to us slipping, kind of in a similar fashion to how C9 just didn't not entirely like it, but how C9 just kind of didn't show up for their game against Mad Lions the first time round. Like, where it's just, like, they weren't able to get any traction, and it just slowly went from there. It makes me a little sad, but I'm still very proud of Mad Lions. I personally, and this might sound crazy, I think they performed better than G2 would have because they had something to prove, mm-hmm. you know? Whereas G2 would have walked in there with a chip on her shoulders. It's like, yeah, we're the best of the best. We're caps and reckless and, you know, wonder, like, all that. Um... And granted, sometimes, yeah, that's what you need to do. If you're going to perform, you got to say, I'm the best one around. Mm -hmm. But when you've got something to prove, you put a little bit more heart into it, like I think Mad Lions did. And so I'm very proud of them. And I think they're kind of a beacon for the West. Um, Like, I know that narrative's been spun by the LEC casters themselves as well. But that we have these shots at international stages, and if we can keep up like this growing power of the region um and hopefully you know give some to the lcs too we'd really appreciate it um (laughs) like that we can end the cycle of say uh lpl lck always winning titles bring a title back over to the west we won the first one and we've just 
either been there or not for ever since. It's been almost a decade since. Yeah, and I it's interesting <laughs> because I think, you know, when I was seeing a lot of the discussion pre-MSI about Mad Lions, you know, people were saying like, oh, you know, they're not G2. And like, I think you kind of have to redirect the conversation a little bit because G2 didn't even make it to the finals. You know, Rogue was the team that Mad Lions beat uh, to get here. So you kind of have to say like, oh, well, would Rogue have done any better? Would Rogue have done worse? And I think it's a really tough decision to say. Honestly, I feel like they probably would have done about similar. I think based on what we saw, you know, how things played out, the way Cloud9 was playing, I think whatever European team you send, be it Mad Lions, Rogue, even G2, they would have made it to semifinals. You know, uh, in terms of how they then performed against Domwon, I feel like Mad really, really showed up. And, you know, I think this is a good lesson for, you know, fans out there to say that, you know, when you get some new blood representing your region, like, you know, let's say... Let's say Dignitas goes on a massive tear again, right, for, <laughs> in, in, in NA this summer. You know, just because it's Dignitas and they don't have a history of being good, you know, don't write them off immediately. Don't, you know, don't put the, your expectations of them so low. If they are at – if a team is at an international event, it's because they earned the right to be at the international event. So don't put them don't. down, believe in them, support them. And, you know, as we saw, Mad was very competitive. There's a very real chance. <laughs> this is going to sound <laughs> like a bit of flame. There's a very real chance that they could have been the ones getting beaten by RNG today <laughs> instead of Domhan. Um, Which I, yeah, no, I, I still agree that even if they yeah, won, RNG he, is just better. Yeah, absolutely. I think RNG was hands down the best team at this tournament. Uh, but there was a very real chance that they could have uh, taken down Dom One. Um, Nox, I want to hear from you, kind of like on what we've all been talking about here. You know, thoughts on that series. M- you know, Mad representing EU. What the future looks like for EU there. You know, give me your takes here. I mean, for the for the future, I really think that Mad Lions is looking good. Right. You have to consider that. From last year, I mean, this is a team of uh, a TCL import, right? Who granted has two TCL championships, a brand new rookie jungler who's just been basically in the regional leagues for the past couple of years, who just come out on stage and absolutely dominated the LEC as like one of the best junglers, if not the best jungler. Mm-hmm. And then you've got three guys who were on the Mad Lions squad from last year at Worlds that dropped out in play-ins, and there was like a huge, huge, huge disappointment for Europe, right? So I think, honestly, the turnaround for these guys has been awesome. Uh, Series-wise, uh, I mean, obviously, I still predicted Damwon to win the series, but if I'm being completely honest, I was sweating my butt off because <laughs> for those of you who were listening last week, I had a little bet with Curly here <laughs> on who, 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 who would be winning. In which case, uh, I predicted that Damwon would be winning, and then Curly was very confident in his boys, Mad Lions, winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, granted, like I, I did win that bet, but like straight up, Curly, I was like watching that series, was like, oh, shit, I'm gonna have to owe him a poppy skin. <laughs> oh my god, I, I got, I was, my butt was clenched. So for I what it's worth, yeah. on my question, your help, your help would have been greatly appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, but no, I honestly, I was very, very happy with the Mad Lions series. I thought they looked good. Um, I think they're going to come into summer LEC, and I think they're going to continue to look very, very good. I do, however, think G2 is not someone to take lightly. I would not be surprised to see if G2 still wins at all, because I think that team is damn good, and I think they have the star players in every single role. I think more than anything, that will probably be the finals of next summer. It'll be G two versus Matt Lyons. Um, but I think we'll see. I think we'll see him in Worlds, and I think they're going to make a name for themselves because I think they're only going to continue to get better. Uh, especially like if you watch that series, Karzi and Kaiser were just absolutely wrecking the bot lane of Ghost and Barrel, right? Yeah. And so, whereas you go back to the LEC playoffs. Kaiser and uh, Karzi were, like, getting absolutely crapped on by Hansama and, uh, oh, crap, is it Tibble? Trimby. 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 Oh, Trimby. Hansama and Trimby. So, 
Yeah, Han Sama and Trimby were absolutely just destroying him in lane, right? And, like, there was a whole Twitter conversation of Karzy and Perks, and Perks was like, you got bot gap five games in a row. Don't talk to me or whatever. <laughs> like, I think now it's like Karzy can go talk to Perks and be like, you got mid-gapped all tournament long. Don't talk to me. <laughs> so, uh, more than anything, I think Mad Lions should be super proud. They've cemented themselves as the third-best region, which we kind of all predicted coming in would be the case, right? Yeah. But. I, I think more than anything, that is a proud finish for this team. They brought Damwon to five games, and I think come Worlds, they're going to be a monster force to be reckoned with. And I truly, truly believe that. Yeah. Now, before we move on, as you did say, we made a bet. And so, uh, <laughs> I owe you a Space Groove Lulu screen, uh, skin. So, for um, just to know those of you that are going to be listening... Uh, what I am doing on screen right now is I have the client right here. Oh, there it is. I'm logged in. So we're going to the store. And uh, yeah, so I told you specifically that I oh, would be getting you Space Groove Lulu. live on stream, folks. He's, he's going right. into the client. I'm doing this. So let's see. Knox War. There he is. Uh, let's see. Where is that good old skin? Unlock a skin for a friend. There and let's look at Lulu. Space Groove Lulu. Lovely. What's funny now, though, is people are going to realize Lulu's my favorite champion, and they're going to really hate me now because most people hate Lulu. Do they really? <laughs> I, I don't mind Lulu that much. People find her extremely annoying to play against, which, yeah, you know, it is true. She is very annoying to play against, but I guess the play style that I play her as is not usually, like, shut down and deny people of their uh play styles i more of the sense of like let me build art and sensor let me build locket let me make sure you just <laughs> never die which i guess it can also be very annoying but like i like building up my carries like that's that's, that's why i play support that's not for you that's good. can you confirm you have received the gift i i, I can let's see where it is <laughs> uh, there it is there it is base groove lulu for nox war for nox war Congratulations, you win. Hashtag show great, showcase greatness. Showcase greatness, baby. Appreciate it, Curly. Thank you for the bet. Let me know <laughs> when you want to do another one. <laughs> so now that you were right yesterday, it's time for me to show that I was right again. And is there anything else we want to talk about in today's series, Sandy? Uh, for Dom Juan versus RNG, uh, let me think. So this series for me was Bot Gap. Barrel once again showed up horribly it was it was rough so many early game 2v2 uh bot kills gala just absolutely stomping lane um and i don't really think it was i like i don't want to blame ghost really because <laughs> uh ghost did okay but it was clear to me that rng focused themselves on getting their bot lane ahead uh, you know, Wei came down on the Udyr multiple times, ganked early, ganked often, uh, and got Gala ahead. And, you know, they really relied on him and that Kai'Sa uh, to win in the mid to late game. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, I think that game five was a bit anticlimactic. I would have liked to have seen uh, Damwon put a little bit more, uh, you know, effort into that final game. Um, not that they didn't put effort, but like a little bit more of a fight. Uh, it felt like they just kind of started rolling over and let RNG do what they wanted. Um, but yeah, felt like this, this series was a big, uh, bot gap. Uh, I felt like, uh, you know, Showmaker, he can only, you know, carry <laughs> that team so far, uh, before it just becomes too heavy. Get that man a chiropractor. Um, Honestly, speaking of Showmaker, actually, so yeah, I wanted brilliant. to talk about Showmaker a little bit more. Sure. Um, and I mentioned to you guys earlier that there was a player I wanted to talk about. And this is the player, because as I was watching today, specifically during the uh, opening video, I got this idea in my head. is like, do you think that there is the chance that when the reign of Faker officially comes to a close, like that Showmaker could fill those shoes. That Showmaker is the next faker of Korea and of League of Legends. I, I would argue he already is. Uh, and I know that's a bit of a controversial take, 
probably. I think Faker's still very good, but Showmaker uh, is winning. And, you know, obviously, like, winning isn't everything, but Dom Juan Kia is winning, and I would argue the big reason why they keep doing so well is mainly because of Showmaker. And, you know, back in the day, I think a lot of people would say the big reason SKT did so well was because of Faker. Um, you know, mid is probably one of the most important positions uh, on a League of Legends team. You know, a lot of the game revolves around mid lane, uh, oftentimes. Um, especially in NA, you know, we love our uh, our A-Rams, right? Um, <laughs> our N-A-Ram, baby. Um, N-A-Ram. ram uh, so yeah, I would say Showmaker is on his way, if not, you know, close to already there in terms of taking over uh, kind of that Korean mid laner legacy uh, from Faker. I think Faker's still very good, don't get me wrong. I know there's a lot of Faker fans out there who uh, are probably very angry and are writing me very angry DMs right now uh, <laughs> if they see this, so hopefully none of them do. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, no, I welcome the flame. Uh, Bring it on. Well, you welcome the flame for me. That's the, <laughs> that's the difference. <laughs> hey, if um, people are blaming me, that means they care enough to give me their opinion. That's fair. That's fair. Good point. If <laughs> That's what you get for being our uh, social media manager, Sandy. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> you got you to handle the flame. I got to handle the flame. I... Nox, what, how, how do you feel about this? What's your uh, what's your take? Um, Personally, I don't see Showmaker as reaching the same level as faker uh and let me explain why okay don't get me wrong i think currently he is the number one mid like in the world right now over any anyone in the lpl even over rookie or even over faker right now i think he is the number one name in uh mid lane and in korea however let's go look back at faker's legacy right this man was just so dominant throughout his career starting all the way back in season three had so many championships in uh, OGM slash LCK. He's had three world championships. He's had an MSI title. Uh, like, just the amount of accomplishments this man has had is absolutely insane. Now, if Showmaker wants to achieve that, he's on the road for it. Don't get me wrong. But I think he's going to need a little help. And to be fair, Faker had a little help too. And I'm sure some people will recognize this, but the right hand of God... Who am I referring to here? Uh, shoot. It, it starts with a B. Is it Bangy? Are you talking about Bangy? Bangy. Bangy is the right hand of God. I'm so glad I knew that. I think I would have to, like, <laughs> resign from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but F Faker had Bangy for the longest time, right? And don't get me wrong. Like, Faker had some championships after Bangy was gone, right? Yeah. But, like, his career truly started and his history and his legacy started with Bangy. Yeah. And so I think if Showmaker is going to want to have to achieve that, he's going to have to look towards Canyon yeah. to help him achieve that goal. And if I'm being completely honest, I granted him some of it may be the drafting like at this particular tournament, but Canyon did not impress me that much this tournament. Uh, he get uh, getting put on the Rumble, and granted, I think a lot of people can agree that the Rumble as a jungler was just not that good this tournament, but yeah. I there was never any really true standout moments for me for Canyon, at least against competition that was equal or above his level, right? Mm -hmm. So what I need to see for Showmaker to achieve the greatness that is Faker, A, they need to continue to do be dominant in Korea, which they're doing right now. Mm -hmm. But it's also unfortunate because Korea as a whole, I feel, has decreased in standing in terms of quality of gameplay. So they need to continue being dominant in Korea. They need to achieve more international victories, and Kenya has to show that he's willing to be the right hand of the next god that is Showmaker. Hmm. <laughs> awesome. No, See, I, the I, reason I ask that yeah. is because I'm in a similar... Like, I'm a little more towards Sandy's side of things, where I think he might already be there, but then I also see your point, Knox, where, where he's not quite there yet, especially because Faker is still playing, and he's still playing well. He's not talked about as much as he used to that might not necessarily be his fault um <clears throat> you know it could be from just the decreasing performance of t1 over the re recent years but in my brain 
or like my perception, especially when I was watching the opening video today and the way I see Showmaker on stage and his personality and his skill when he does really well, um, is that I could easily see him being the face of Korea and League of Legends because he has a personality for it. Um, and, his, and if his performance matches that, he could... <laughs> I don't know what title we'd give him, because I feel like Demon King is always going to belong to Faker. You cannot oh, give, yeah. oh, for sure. like you cannot just pass that title on. But in terms of meaning, he could be the next quote unquote Demon King, whatever title they give him. And so I as much as I like to see new competition and <clears throat> like people being able to take on Korea, I would also be so that's a cool narrative to have of one player who is just so impressive and so charismatic mm -hmm. and like just dominating that everyone looks to them. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think uh, the big problem for T1 recently has just been their inability to settle on a lineup. I mean, they're practically playing with like, I've, I, if you go on Gamepedia right now and look at their current roster, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people on it, right? Uh, three of which are junglers. Uh, they just cannot settle. They could not settle on a roster in spring. Uh, they just rotated around. It felt like they had no synergy. And I think that's kind of like the struggle for uh, Faker right now is he's not playing with consistent teammates. Um, in fact, I think Closer was uh, the Korean mid laner, not the uh, Turkish uh, 100 Thieves jungler. Um, <laughs> let's just clarify there. Uh, Closer played a bunch of games for T1 this spring. Um, and meanwhile, Faker has shown consistently that he's still got it. He has not, you know, dropped off in you know performance or in quality. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm interested to watch, you know, Korea to see how, especially to see how Damwon responds uh, up this upcoming summer split uh, to see who Korea's representatives are going to be at Worlds. You know, I think you've got, you know, Genji is obviously uh, very competitive. Uh, as well, you've got DRX. I've got a little bit of a soft spot for uh, KT Rolster. Uh, you know, if I oh, you poor bastard. <laughs> Look, I said, <laughs> are I you said, a KT fan? I said soft spot. I I actually don't. I don't have a Korean team. If if I had to pick, like there there's like three Korean teams that I'm like at least interested in at the most. It's KT, Genji, and DRX. You know, those three teams I like, um, just for, you know, various weird reasons. Um, I like <laughs> DRX a lot because they've got a, a lot of rookies on that team, and I think that's always fun. So, um, but yeah, I'll be interested to see how LCK looks uh, at the end, or at the, you know, throughout this summer season. Um, so, uh, yeah. I was going to ask, are, are we done with LCK stuff, or... Yeah, I, I'm I'm ready to talk about whatever you want to talk about. So, so I, I I was just gonna throw it back to MSI, but like yeah. just just to wrap up the discussion. Yeah, on MSI. But I'm sorry about that. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Honestly, I think it was a great discussion. Tangents are good. We love a good tangent, you know. <laughs> However, though, just to really cement the MSI topic and just to wrap it up, but what was your guys' opinions of this tournament as a whole? Is it one of the better MSIs that we've had, or is it one of the worst MSIs that we've had? What, what do you guys got? Curly, go for it. Personally, enjoyed it for the most part. Um, <clears throat> and, and I think, like, one thing that might make some people view it as less is something that was out of a lot of people's controls is that it was missing the organic factor of the audience. Mm -hmm. And I think personally, if we had this format and some of the games uh, that we were able to see with an audience there to add some emotion that you just can't get from casting alone, mm -hmm. it would have been blown out of the water. Like when PGG made it out of their group, Imagine how awesome the crowd have reacted to that. You know, it, it's just so. I think I'm very satisfied with it. I wouldn't say it was exceptional. 
I wouldn't say it, it was disappointing. I think it was good. It was what I wanted to see from an MSI, especially because MSI is just kind of a check-in of like, all right, who's doing the best right now? And what does that region have to offer? And what do we need to look forward to five months from now when we're ready to take them on again for the end of the season? I think it did a great job at that. Also, I just love the aesthetic. And Iceland is beautiful. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah, uh, Sandy, I, what you got? Yeah, I mean, I'll 100% agree on the aesthetic. I thought the the visuals and the graphics were really good. I need to give a special shout-out to, uh, to the little... Uh, pre-match like video content that they did with uh the guys in the bar and then also just kind of like on the on like the volcanic rocks uh that was fantastic absolutely hilarious i loved like kind of having the players do a little bit of trash talking you know obviously kind of scripted and whatnot but uh i thought that was some really cool content that they did um in terms of msi as a overall um I, I wasn't disappointed by this MSI, but I wasn't, uh, at the same time, it's not like the best MSI we've ever had, in my opinion. Um, I think there's a few things that are negatives. You know, I think the big one is obviously that the VCS, that Gigabyte Marines, could not attend. Um, I don't, man, this is going to be tough to say. But I do feel like it degraded the quality of the tournament uh, slightly to not have them there. Um, I really don't want to, you know, talk trash about Pentanet, but that is not like a team that should be in that, you know, six team uh, second stage. Um, you know, it was for the most part, except for the one freaking win against Cloud9 you know, free wins for every other team. You know, you put you put Gigabyte Marines in that group, and uh, all of a sudden, that entire group changes. The standings get shaken up. Who knows? Maybe Gigabyte Marines gets out. Uh, you, you know, no idea. Um, but I felt like that, that kind of degraded the quality, honestly, in the same way that, like, it was degraded by not having VCS at Worlds. I really hope that Vietnam can make it to Worlds uh, this fall, but, you know, now we've got this trend of twice in a row, and I'm hopeful that it's not a third time. Uh, and then, uh, otherwise, you know, it felt like, uh, you know, it felt like things went according to expectations. Um, so, you know, I don't want to say that that made it worse, but it, you know, it's always more fun when there's, like, some wild, crazy stuff happening, you know? Um, so... Uh, you know, it basically went, you know, okay, RNG versus Dom one final, as everyone expected. Uh, you know, maybe the biggest surprise was like Cloud Nine performing in the way that they did. Um, but you can't really say like, oh, that made the tournament worse, you know, because that's just a tournament. So for me, overall, here's the TLDR. It was a good tournament. Wasn't my favorite. Went according to expectations. Uh, you know, and I'm looking forward to LCS Summer <laughs> and uh, all the other, you know, regular seasons for all the other leagues. Um, I'm ready for, uh, uh, I'm ready to just be overwhelmed by the amount of VODs that I have to watch <laughs> and, keep <up laughs> and keep up on. Um, yeah, how about you, Nox? I mean, what were your overall thoughts on the, on this? Oh, one more thing I want to say. I, I did see a tweet from, uh, while I was uh, working late last night, there was a little bit of a Twitter interaction between LS and Travis Gafford. And LS was talking about how, uh, like, any content he had put out for MSI, like, the views were way down. And Travis uh, responded that it was similar for him. He looked at the number, and then he was like, yeah, it looks like the dive and this or that are also down. And, you know, maybe there was, like, a bit of a content deluge like almost too much content revolving around msi and that might be true so i i'm wondering if people were slightly less hyped for this for some reason uh i'm not exactly sure why that would be um but yeah i i don't feel like this was the most like crowd participatory msi that we've ever had so Interesting. I, I don't know what that says exactly, but uh, 
something to kind of look back on maybe at some point. And yeah. Who knows? Maybe it'll be relevant at some point or another. To get back to the original question, though, uh, that you were asking me, Sandy, which, what, honestly, I don't even remember at this point. Oh, was, <laughs> my, was, my brain just parted. Well, I mean, I was just asking you. <laughs> it was, just, it was pointing back to you. you. Us. It was you. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, uh, your own question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> My my brain just had a massive fart there. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Let me open a window up. Okay. Um, we all woke up early. You know, we probably all would have been sleeping in today. It's fine. But uh, to answer my own question, I guess, let me put it that way. Um, I, I pretty much agree with you guys. Uh, this tournament, while solid, was not the best. And it certainly wasn't the worst cough, cough, MSI 2020. Um you know i can't even remember that one it was so bad <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i'm, ah, I'm, I'm sorry locked it out of joke. my memory it's it's yeah <laughs> but uh overall i think uh big takeaways this tournament for me were that every single tier four team at least according to riot although i happen to agree with their standings on it uh, beat every single tier three team so detonation focused me outperformed infinity esports was a tier three team uh pain gaming outperformed uh the wildcats which was a tier three team and then australia pentanet beat unicorns of love which was a tier three team so i think those are really really awesome takeaways and then honestly i mean cloud nine is always something to talk about which we'll be discussing forever forever and ever i bet and then outside of that yeah no everything went basically to expectations really really the most exciting stuff was to upsets of the tier three over the tier four or the tier four over the tier three rather that was like my big thing <clears throat> i remember for a second that i thought that uh dfm was potentially going to make it out of the group yeah i mean that was totally probably, yeah that was probably one of the more exciting things about this msi was seeing dfm uh actually play up to the potential that people have felt that they've had for a really long time so so that was really cool uh well so Yes. Put a nail in the coffin of MSI? Yeah, and, you know, maybe just turn to Cloud9 for a bit. You know, now they're, uh, I'm sure they're already home. Uh, they've been home for probably a week now or so. Um, but I'm curious uh, to see what you guys think about how uh, Cloud9 will do. Maybe, you know, a little bit. We'll get into our bigger LCS preview episode next week. Um but I'm curious to see, you know, how you guys feel like Cloud9 did overall. Uh, you know, what we should expect from them in summer. You know, I, for one, think that, you know, they should, at this point, probably be making Worlds. Uh, just based off of where they are in the overall standings, things like that. They should be expected to get to that point. Um, and before a summer 2020 return? Yeah, basically. Uh, <laughs> a, a redux of uh, the, the big collapse. Um, but yeah, I mean, C9, just like some overall impressions. Like, what were the what are the takeaways for, for NA at an international tournament once again? Curly, you want to go first for me? You know what? <clears throat> I can take the reins. Yeah, let's do this. Um, okay. I think it's so... The takeaways for C9 after MSI are very different if you look at what to expect from them for the summer and what to expect for um, the NA for the for international competition. So I'm going to answer both of those. Um, when we look at C9 at MSI, a big thing we suffered from was inconsistency. They showed they have the power and the ability to win and compete with these, um, like, known to be better teams but they weren't able to be consistent enough in that ability and that was where they were lacking where yet <clears throat> specifically we look at the day where they took a game off of rng and then gave one to uh pentanet mm -hmm. you know so what i would want to see from them and i think we covered this a little bit more last week when we talked about them leaving is uh and really any na team that we send to worlds this year so we've got to make sure we're consistent in our skill level, because I think it's there. Um, and so when we put C9 at Worlds, because I think they've got a high chance of making it uh, as one of our Worlds representatives, plus, we, do we get two slots, three slots? How many slots do we get? Three. We get so three. C9 plus the other two, whoever they may be. Um, hopefully FlyQuest, of course. 
we all have to show up and make sure we are consistently performing at our best um, <clears throat> and not slipping up. Now, C9 in terms of uh, the LCS this summer, there's so much they were able to learn here. Anyone that goes, like, the, one of the biggest perks of being able to represent your region at MSI is that you are the only team that gets that actual experience against other regions, and you can bring that back. It gives you, like, a good advantage. The only thing you're losing out on is you get less time to just straight practice for LCS because you are practicing for MSI. Mm -hmm. If you use that well, there's probable chance um, that C9 will stay on top, um, and rather than picking up the gears like they had to at the beginning of this split, they're probably going to hit the ground running, in my opinion. So they're probably just, as much as I don't want to say it, they're going to be dominating... Um, <laughs> As long as they've recollected themselves from the emotions that they probably felt in their defeat, they're going to be dominating, and they're going to stay number one, uh, and of course only going to lose to FlyQuest. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. No, no, that's a script. I like it. Let's uh, send it. <laughs> send it, baby. <laughs> uh, Nox, I guess it's your turn now. Uh, yeah, no, I think... Let's see. Cloud9's probably didn't come in, and obviously, I mean, international competition is always huge for the, our teams, right? So they're going to come in, they're going to have all these expectations, and it's going to be weird for them because it's like they're not going to get pushed. And so you guys remember my analogy from last episode basically about these teams, like if you take your foot off the gas pedal even a little bit, like they'll snatch the momentum and they'll send it flying the other direction in their favor, right? Mm -hmm. I think Cloud9 may come back and they're just going to be like, all right, let's see what happens. And they're going to take their foot off the gas pedal to see if they get pushed. And it's just like, nope, the car's still in neutral going this way. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> and they're not going to get the resistance that they need. To, and it's not going to get them the training that they want. Right. So uh, what I'm truly, truly hoping happens is basically Cloud9 comes in and they just wreck house. Like, I truly actually hope that. Because, and I say this as someone who's not even a Cloud9 fan. I don't really care for the team and never really have. I hope they come in and I, I really do hope they wreck house because I hope it teaches NA teams a lesson on how to actually play the damn game. If that happens, it's going to raise the level of our teams and it's going to make us a better region. And eventually, hopefully down the line, it's just going to make Cloud9 a better team. So when Worlds comes up, now we can actually maybe put up a fight because we understand, hey, how do we act under pressure? And instead of just like, well, here's what the formula chart says that we should do. Yeah. So basically, I hate this team, but I want them to absolutely destroy the season. <laughs> yeah. No, like, I mean, hate's a strong word. But yeah, like, no, I know. Yes. I know. Yes, totally. I'm uh, in the, That's exactly how I feel, Knox, because I don't really support C9. I'm just trying to get that... Uh, they represented us. I'm just trying to get that clickbait uh, clip for us. Knox <laughs> uh, hates C9, what's next? So, so Knox War, you hate Cloud9, all their fans, and you have a particular vendetta against Jack, but you want them to win <laughs> the LCS summer season. Tell me more. <laughs> All right, clip it well, and ship it, you folks. see, we uh, that, uh, I, I, well, I think, I think it's how we want C9 to only lose to FlyQuest. The only good C9 fan is Road Roller. That's <laughs> <laughs> true, it's true. <laughs> oh, but that's enough. But, uh, on do, do you have anything to add to that, though, Sandy? Or? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, if they were to come back and fall off, obviously it'd be a huge disappointment. Hopefully there's no MSI... Uh, you know, hangover. Um, hopefully there's no extended jet lag from Iceland or anything like that. Uh, we should expect them to come back and be uh, dominant, you know. And, uh, you know, we'll get into that next week with our LCS preview episode. Speaking of which, next week we will be recording uh, our big LCS summer preview episode. We are going to be doing it a little bit later than usual, uh, owing to a couple people's schedules and whatnot. Uh, that'll yeah. be <laughs> that'll be live at 9 p.m. Eastern time, uh, right here on the channel, twitch.tv slash flightcheckcrew. Uh, and we'll just be going over every single aspect of LCS summer. 
uh, we'll do our particular focus on FlyQuest for of sure and see, you know, what our expectations should be for them. But we'll go around the league, uh, get a checkup on where everyone is. If there are any further roster announcements, I would assume that they would come out uh, this week. This week? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's been anything uh, further to break other than 100 Thieves. I don't think. And uh, Golden Guardians made some changes as well. But I think those two are the only teams that have changed anything. Uh, we'll see if FlyQuest makes any announcements regarding uh, the support role. Uh, I was going to say, officially, we have not heard an announcement. Right. Yet, but, uh, rumors behind the scene are it's going to be dreams. Yeah. But we'll discuss that next week. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm not exactly sure when roster locks are. Um, but I'll be keeping a close eye on the global contract database this week to see if anything comes through. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. Do you guys have anything else you wanted to chat about before we wrap up? Yeah, actually, so I've also heard from rumors that we're going to be putting, um, licorice in the bot lane. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my. Kidding. (laughs) Yeah, uh, is this much like the fabled, uh, Whippo in the jungle? Uh, I just want, I just want to stir the pot in the way that LEC Wulu has. Um. (laughs) Like that, because the wild thing about all that to me is that there's like there's no like no one's saying no. This definitely isn't happening, and no one's saying yes. There's so much gray area with that. Um, That makes me wonder, like, what aren't we seeing in the LCS that's like that? Maybe there are moves being made. Yeah. So I'm. I guess really what I want to say then is uh, I'm excited for uh, what we're going to be able to talk about next week. Maybe there are developments and announcements with uh, FlyQuest. I know soon we're going to be finding out our summer philanthropy. Um, So that's going to be a fun one to talk about. So very excited for that. Um, If we have a summer split jersey, which we we probably will. Can't wait to see how else Fiend plans on attacking my wallet. (laughs) You know? For sure. Um, Those are just a few of the things I'm looking forward to in our... uh, hype episode next week and then <clears throat> definitely going to be doing a lot of homework this week on uh how FlyQuest players have been performing in solo queue mm-hmm. and anything else so that's that's what i'm that's really where i'm at jose diodo so, uh, rank three right now in, yep uh... still currently rank three although interesting enough jojo pune who's the academy mid laner for evil geniuses is now rank one in north america and has yeah. dethroned tactical Oh yeah, he's he's looking sharp. Uh, you know, Jazuke better watch out for uh, for his spot. That's all I'm saying about that. Uh, unfortunately, uh, JoJo's still 16, so he can't take his spot yet. Well, uh, you can play when you're 17, <laughs> right? Is that the case? Yeah, he he does not turn 17 until after Summer Split, though. Well, uh, 2022 Evil Genius's new mid laner. Uh, Legitimately, though, actually possible. Would not be surprised. Uh, Nox, anything you want to touch on before we wrap up here? Um, I'm going to need y'all's homework sent to me over the course of this week as I will be in Cancun drinking tequila shots and having a great time. <laughs> so follow my Twitter if you want to see what vacation looks like. Oh, yes, please drink responsibly. Yeah, please drink responsibly. Uh, you know, be s- smart and safe about what you're doing. Well, that's Wait a <laughs> new, We've got a new meta opportunity. Forget hot tub streams. We're going <laughs> to beach stream. Beach stream. Baby. All right. <laughs> beach stream sure. sounds fantastic. Well, that is about it for us. You can follow us on the various social media sites at Flight Check Crew on Twitter. You can also give us a nice little follow right here on Twitch. We're only a few followers away from 50, Six. and it's one more checklist box off on uh, our road to getting affiliate and maybe getting paid for doing some of this stuff. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't that be fun? You can follow me at SantosDB on Twitter, Noxwar at N-O-X-W-A-R-R, and CurlyQQ. You can follow him at Curly underscore QQ underscore as well. I remembered it this time. I didn't have to look it up real fast. Definitely not. Nailed it. <laughs> I nailed it. Nailed it, guys. Uh, We are on all the various podcast platforms. We record this live mostly Monday nights. Today was a little bit of a special uh, thing. We will not be doing a show tomorrow. We will be back 
uh, May 31st. That's Memorial Day. So come spend your late Memorial night with us talking about LCS and talking about all the excitement that's to come in the summer. But for now... Oh, I oh, I will say one thing. last thing. Sorry, one last thing. Right. Uh, if y'all are, are a fan of LCS Pick'ems, keep an eye out for the FlyQuest Twitter account May 31st. Oh, baby. A little bit all, of a... All, all tease. Oh, a little bit of a tease. Okay, okay. All right, LCS Pick'ems. Maybe they're... Flight check LCS Pick'ems. Let's go, baby. Let's, let's do it. What a huge move that would be, wouldn't it? If that were only to happen. <laughs> well that's about it from us uh thank you for tuning in as always stay safe out there please get your vaccine shot when you can and you can go to cancun when you do you can go to cancun when you do <laughs> you can go to utah like i did a few weeks ago uh you can walk around. go to columbus like i did on friday hey there you go you can do all kinds of things when you've got your uh, vaccine card um i'm santos db sandy toes that's me Thank you all for watching, and we will catch you all next time. Have a good one, guys. Peace.